what's going on? Greetings and good day and welcome to the final spring training edition of Birds All Day. My name is Drew Fairservice and we are here, of course, talking about your Toronto Blue Jays, who are now, as I understand it, uh, via Marcus Stroman Snapchat, uh, in Canada. Well, a bunch of them are in Canada, uh, as the, the season is about to begin. And I, for one, am excited. Excited about baseball. Baseball coming back. I had a fantasy draft today. That means it's all happening. Uh, and it couldn't happen, of course, without one man and one man only. Uh, a man who joins me, uh, as always. Old Reliable. Old Reliable, Mr. Andrew Stoughton. Stoughton, how are you? Uh, I'm well. I'm well. I'm joining you, so that must mean that I'm all right, yeah. Still you kicking. are alive. Yeah. You are still kicking. You are alive. I'm doing this, this episode a little bit differently. I am uh, seated. Often, every other episode, essentially, that I've done since we started doing them remotely, I stand up. I have like a little platform thing, and I put the microphone on top of that, uh, and it's good. I feel like, uh, I don't know, like I'm in... Like Mark Shapiro, that? I hope. Yeah, like Mark Shapiro, exactly. Or, or that, Just or drinking your kale tea at 4.30 in the morning, I'm actually ready for the getting, day. getting to that point, frankly. <laughs> I would love to have a, a stand desk at work. I like drink, I eat better. I don't eat junk food as much anymore. I don't know. I had a beer last week sometime. Mm-hmm. I can't even tell you. I don't even know who I am anymore. I'm a shadow, a shadow of a man. That's nice. That's good. It makes one of us. We all, yeah, that's right. We all, we all will become empty husks of our former selves one day. So, you know, it's true. More power I, I, to I feel like I've gotten there early. I've come by it honestly. I've come by it, honestly, quite frankly. You didn't drink um, a, uh, a 10,000 IBU piney bomb of sludge, or whatever the fuck I called that today? <laughs> Some clever, too clever by a half guy around the internet wrote, wrote that, didn't they? Yeah. Uh, is that the same guy that was just t- talking about ordering beers and shots of Jameson <laughs> at what, a one-to-one rate at the bar? A little too often. I, it's not quite one-to-one. Sometimes I, sometimes I recognize... Whoa, slow down there a little bit maybe with the Jameson, but yeah, lately it's been a, a bit of a problem. Uh, uh, but no. but it is it is it is not. I liken it to uh, you know driving a, a very powerful sports car. You know you don't you're, you're not just puttering your way up to uh, to 120 kilometers an hour. You're just putting the metal down and going. You know. I find you have a cider and a shot, and then you have another shot when you order your next cider. By the time you've done the second cider, you're feeling it. I find the most effective analogies are the ones that draw direct comparisons <laughs> between alcohol and driving. I yeah. can't think of. Any I am way an to adult. This is an adult speaking. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this, of course, is Birds All Day, where we talk occasionally about your Toronto Blue Jays, who are getting ready to start the season, getting ready to start their defense of the wild card. I don't know. They're going to have a uh, a rematch of the wild card game against the Baltimore Orioles on opening day. On Monday, in the afternoon. That's wonderful, right? Awesome. Yeah, damn right it is. Uh, and that's what we talk about here on Birds All Day. We talk about your Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, and we talk about other things often. We talk about Mike Trout. Um, we talk about the Giants. Uh, and we talk about, well, mostly just the Blue Jays. Uh, and it's great, and we're happy to do it. And we were doing it for 107 episodes strong. More than this is our, this would, this uh, marks the third season third baseball season of birds all day uh so thank you to everyone who's been along for the ride the entire time of course thank you to everyone who's taken time uh to uh, add a comment on blue jays nation where the where the the 
the blog, uh, the podcast is hosted, who has taken time to offer a rating or a review on iTunes or on Stitcher or on Podcatcher or wherever you uh, get your podcasts. Uh, thank you for everyone who, who subscribed. And, of course, thank you to every single person who went over to our Patreon page and, uh, and helped give it, keep us living in the style to which we have grown accustomed. Uh, a style, uh, as we now have heard, that is a one uh, Jameson to one <laughs> yeah. cider ratio life, which, you know, it takes a lot of patronage to get there. But if you'd like to join them, uh, we would be uh, forever in your debt if you headed to p- uh, patreon.com slash birds all day and uh, kick us a couple bu- uh, bucks a month to keep, uh, to support the content that you value. Uh, and we, again, are very thankful to everyone who's done it here now going on three seasons Did we and uh, 107 episodes. When when did we change it from what's the score? It's called what now? Oh, it's called birds all day. Oh. It was only actually called what's the score once. I did get a phone call very soon after that episode went up. And then we totally chickened out. <laughs> yeah, we did. We lay down like dogs. Hey, but that's okay. The, the effect, the effect it achieved the desired effect, it I did. think we could safely say. And then we can move on. You don't want to look like a jerk who is a jerk after you get fired, because one day you'd like to get hired by somebody again. and Maybe uh, even the same people. <laughs> well... <laughs> I'm afraid that ship sails. I think so, yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know what else there is to say. The season starts soon. Before the season starts, of course, there is the now annual tra- tradition. Uh, have this is this the third year? It's at least the third Montreal? year. Yeah, it's at least the third. Third year? Because I've missed. Was I've missed at least Mets. one. It was the Mets and then the Red Sox, and now oh, they the did the Red. No, didn't they do the Reds too? So this will be the fourth. Did they do the Reds? I think so. There was a Votto sighting out there in Montreal. Mm-hmm. Cool. Anyway, they're out there Well, again. if this is the third year we're doing this, I did one when we worked for those other people, so uh, oh, I yeah. guess that would have been four. Well, now they're playing the Pirates, mm-hmm. and the Pirates have a quasi-Canadian connection. I don't know if James Tyon is going to pitch, um, but they're out there. So, of course, as you wrote today, um, this is that, that annual... Oh, Baseball coming back to Montreal. They can sell seventy five thousand tickets in uh, for two days. So which is totally a, the same viable. as supporting a team over the course of a season. I mean, it's not like the Major League Baseball is a joke league where they just move teams around willy nilly like the garbage NFL. Uh, <laughs> no one's yeah. going to Montreal. Like they they they're not. That's not a big league building anymore. No, I mean, that, yeah, that, they, they got to figure that out. Obviously, let's let's just rain on this parade. <laughs> Right from the the get go here. Well, you made a point. I don't know if it was. I don't know that it's necessarily related, but Coors Field is now the third <laughs> yeah. oldest stadium in the National League. That's fucking crazy, is it not? Yeah, it is crazy. Yeah, especially because the Braves are getting a brand new stadium, like that at the Olympics. The Olympics ninety six, right? Like yeah, twenty years basically. Coors is ninety five, I think. Yeah. And like Camden Yards in the uh, in the American League, which is what one year younger than the than the Rogers Center, uh, the Coors Field is a, is is beautiful. People swear by it. They love the experience of going there. The, apparently, the Rockies have done it right. I I am I'm lobbying a group of friends. We're trying to plot going on a trip. Uh, there's been talk. I've got friends who live on the West Coast, so we want to go sort of west to accommodate those guys out there. Talking about going to L.A. L.A.'s got. Lots of cool stuff. Depending on time of year, you got baseball, you got lots of casinos, you got the beach, you got whatever. They have casinos uh, out like, there. L.A.'s oh, got man, casinos. They play, 
They play. They are, it's a poker. L.A. is like poker mecca. There are so many casinos in L.A. Awesome. Huh. That's okay. Hollywood Park. News to me. All right. Good for uh, you. And they play poker like maniacs out there too. It's like L.A. poker is full of weirdos and cheats and lunatics. Uh, but I want to go to Denver, and I would love, I would love to go to a Rockies game. Apparently, it's incredible the beer selection at Coors Field. Um, even beyond the Coors Banquet, uh, is apparently incredible. Montreal ain't got that. Montreal is not going to be able to step up with a big league quality building until somebody builds it. Uh, and the government, they're not getting government money, not in Quebec, right? Well, I, I don't know. I, I can't claim to understand the politics of it. I think Denny Coderre is, uh, is a big booster of it. He's a mayor right now, right? So I, I don't mm-hmm, know. Mm-hmm. You know, God knows the mayor can do all sorts of stupid things. They have, they have power. Mayors have power. We've uh, seen that. Uh, they can ignore like uh, <laughs> empirical evidence is right in front of them because some guy told them that their drive will be ten minutes shorter even though we will not. Sorry. No, no, I knew I, I knew where I was going to lead you there. But yeah. <laughs> uh, so, but no, I don't know what the levels of government have have, have committed. Uh, they're they're kind of being hush hush. I, I wrote about that a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. Mitch Garber is one of the the businessmen who is uh, is part of the prospective ownership group who spoke to TSN after this Canadian press story came out. And, uh, and and basically sort of walked some of it back, but also did it. It mentioned that MLB doesn't like too much chatter and, and they kind of want to, you know, keep everything all, you know, do it all behind closed doors is basically the, the sense that you get from it. So maybe there's there's more opportunity there. You know, governments, it turns out, will just piss money away on sports teams quite easily sometimes. So, uh, so I, I don't know. I, I mean, I'd imagine they'd be able to get a stadium built if they actually got a team i don't know how or where but uh but yeah you're right that the the big o obviously is not set up and is not a, 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 i mean of course field is the third oldest stadium in the in the national league were the expos to return and go to the national league that stadium is like 20 years older than that and it's a dump I, I think... and it's and it's in you know way to the one end of town and way to the one end of the subway by the way for anybody who's listening who has never been to an Expos game or two at Jays in particular a Jays game in Montreal uh get there earlier if you're taking the metro because uh it's a real bottleneck and a, a real clusterfuck getting into the stadium uh and so that would be a nightmare uh for a couple of years i mean i think if you could do it for a couple of years and and, you know, the novelty of the team is still there. Then you get, like, an extra novelty of, of actually having a beautiful new stadium. And I think there's, you know, probably lots of real estate down, uh, you know, sort of south of downtown that they might be able to do something with. But I cannot say that I know nearly enough about the the area and the, the any of that stuff to, to you know, say, oh, yeah, it's totally going to be able to happen. But... Uh, uh, and at first and foremost, I mean, it's going to be an expansion team, right? I mean, this is, this is what you're saying as well and what I wrote in the piece, like... Like look at look at the expos themselves. Like look at what happened there. They let that team linger and wither on the vine for so long, and it was so embarrassing because they weren't going to relocate them. They weren't going to, you know, they thought about contracting them. They hemmed and hawed. They didn't care that it was just dying and obvious. Uh, and you know, Oakland is not a great situation though. They did just get rid of their other tenant in the Coliseum, so maybe they can make the Coliseum a little better. I don't know what that's going to be, but. Uh, but yeah, Oakland and Tampa are hardly anywhere near the the point where Montreal was when that sort of started dying. So, and also the Canadian dollar was a massive thing there as well, right? So, uh, mm. so it's it 
it's not so simple as oh these one of these teams is going to relocate look at the fucking phoenix coyotes in the nhl not to bring up hockey stuff which i know everybody sort of rolls their eyes at but the, i mean they have that league has fought tooth and nail to keep that stupid team in that shitty market for so long i mean teams the leagues don't want to look like they're relocating teams and that there's financial trouble and you know, so if a team's coming there, it's going to be an expansion team, almost certainly, one would think, because they're probably just going to be used as leverage to to get better deals for stadiums in other cities. Absolutely. Uh, it's difficult to argue any of those points. I, I just think that unless someone steps up with a solid plan for a stadium, I, I can't see. I mean, the way I, I'm almost thinking about it is, it's like you are you're if your stadium wasn't born in the luxury box era you're kind of out of luck right and you see what you know even what the what the cubs and and the red sox have been able to do which is retrofit kind of uh, and and i guess the dodgers too um you know kind of vintage ballparks in a way that makes them uh that allows them to have uh, you know, more modern revenue streams, or, or even mm-hmm. look at what the what the Cubs and the Red Sox have also had to do in terms of uh, not just the stadium, then it's everything that comes with it, right? It's all it's all about building like a, a, a offices and, and and providing kind of the professional working environment that is required to have to operate a twenty first century sports team business. Uh, I feel like you know just. The price tag to get in on, on on the expansion side is so high that if it's just a bunch of rich guys in Montreal getting together, being like, "Yo, yo, we should, we can do this," I mean, I just I can't help but think that maybe that even those days are are past, right? Like you you need there needs to be more, and I don't know that that the, the ownership. I mean, I would love to be wrong, but I just think mm-hmm. that this is like an annual thing that happens where where people get excited because the games are exciting and people are having a good time, and it's so close to the real season starting and the stadium is full and it's the blue jays and there's always some kind of people are love to to make the connections to uh you know whatever's there it's always you know russell martin gets to play host uh for the weekend but uh let's just take it for what it is right let's like allow these games this weekend again they are spring training games they are exhibition games um they're sort of happening all over uh now uh, this weekend where you know teams the, the giants and the, you mentioned the a's the a's and giants are playing right now in uh in san francisco i guess uh, uh you know getting because it's that close to the season now so i mean is there anything aside from the montreal baseball question that we kind of bat around every year is there anything else that you're kind of looking forward to this weekend when the jays are playing the pirates of all teams uh, not being there no not really like no yeah, it's just uh it's a thing I, and this is what was always going to happen i mean uh, I I honestly I should know this, but I, I have no idea if they're bringing bringing uh, Vlad Jr. I don't think that they are. I I maybe hope that they wouldn't do that to him, and, and you know maybe pump the brakes a little on the this guy's going to be ridiculous thing. I I saw him down in Florida today. There was a, a Baseball America uh, tweet about him in a video, so he's down there. Uh, he wasn't moving towards Montreal with anybody today, so. Uh, so mm-hmm. I guess they'll save that for future years when they have to keep milking this idea, right? So. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that would have been fun. Uh, you know, it's, it's nice to, it's nice to celebrate the, you know, the legacy of baseball in Montreal and have those guys come out. Tim Raines is a, you know, an instructor, the, the outfield and base running instructor in the Jays organization. So he's going to be there, which is cool. And, you know, all those guys are doing, I mean, last year, what was the, uh, I don't know. They celebrated the 94 team a bit. I I don't even, yeah, I don't even know. They're kind of running out of, out of excuses to make it a, a special event. 
but I'm sure it is still cool, and I think I, I like the numbers of tickets that I saw are still impressive. Though I don't think they're maybe as big as I'd seen in previous years. I thought we'd seen like ninety thousands uh, around this time, and I think maybe seventy five, seventy six the last I saw. But I'm completely speaking out of my ass on that. I haven't really looked too hard at this because because yeah, it's just it's it's. Uh, it was so novel and so such a cool idea at first and, and, and really, you know, empowered the idea of bringing back baseball to Montreal. And that's kind of stalled out a bit. And even though, you know, they had this report this week that made it sound like, you know, they've got their ducks in a row a little better and maybe something will eventually happen. It's, it's just, it's, it's going to be a really long process. And like you say, it, it is, it's difficult to see, uh, you know, them competing necessarily with other, you know, like, uh, there's other markets that are are going to perhaps be better situated and better positioned to have, you know, TV dollars to have to have the stadium dollars. You know, the whole the whole thing. You know, uh, I think of like Austin as a, a city you see thrown around a bit. And I know that like Dallas is close and Houston is close, but that's a big growing city with a lot of money in it and and uh, and doesn't really have a pro sports team. It just has like the Longhorns basically and. Uh, and I'm sure there, and there's other markets around the, the United States that maybe are going to be more attractive to the States that, uh, to, to big, the, to the, the M to MLB that, uh, that we're maybe not thinking about as much in this sort of, uh, uh, uh wistful longing for, you know, baseball to come back to Montreal. Uh, it's, uh, you know, Montreal's amazing, but it, it's not exactly an economic powerhouse of a city, and it's sort of in a weird spot, right? And that's kind of why it failed in the first place, I think. And uh, and yeah, so I think you're totally right that it's that it's. Uh, I don't know. It's a it's a nice dream, but we shall see. I still I still think it's behind in my mind, and I could be, I could be way wrong on this, of course, but I think it's behind like Portland and Charlotte and Northern New Jersey mm-hmm. in terms of other potential markets, and and, and you mentioned Austin. And there's always the Vegas thing that's always lurking around. Mm-hmm. And I remember around. they they talked about uh, Monterey, Mexico, at one point. I mean the the Mexican TV market. It's kind of like the Blue Jays, right? I mean, like there there's a ton mm-hmm. of TV money to be made in in Mexico, uh, and it makes a whole lot of sense if they would do a thing like that too. There's a you know, uh, and I love the idea of them seeing what they could do with the Canadian market and and to see what you know a Rogers and Bell fight for. Uh, control of that market would be and and for you know especially if they were in the same division to to see what the the jays and the expos would be as rivals in the same division you know you would you'd get a mini yankees red sox thing almost i think you know it would drive the you know it would it would they would drive each other to be better and to spend more and i think it would be a great thing for everybody but you know you look at how the jays might not want to give up that territory so easily and then south of the border you have uh you have a territory that's just wide open. So, yeah, I'm not sure that it's necessarily a slam dunk that they're going to look in that direction, like you say, and and with all those other markets that are out there. I think about it less in the in a Yankees-Red Sox sense and more of look at the way that the dynamic has been between, like, Baltimore and the Nationals and watch how Baltimore has fought tooth and nail uh, to allow the Nationals to kind of enter into their market and kind of start to slice off pieces of their audience and and kind of as they've weaseled their way in to take away some of you know the corporate and lobbyist type season ticket action <laughs> right i yeah. think that there's i mean uh, whether or not that would happen with with toronto and and uh and montreal it's not quite the same kind of ri- maybe on the field there's that sort of uh 
or among fans there's a similar dynamic but i don't think that that it's all like ah we're just taking this big bag of money and splitting it i mean you know the, what the jays have become and with the 40 years or however many years 40 years of, of blue jays baseball um you know i don't know how happy and you know bell or rogers would be to be the kind of um the runner-up who gets to show the expansion team getting their asses kicked 110 times a year or the, <laughs> right you know the the rays north without the rays identity i don't know but it's it, again let's not we shouldn't dwell on that and it always becomes a bummer because uh, for me because i just don't think it's realistic but but the games are fun and if you're going to montreal this weekend have a great time uh, look for the unofficial mayor of montreal jonah carey he's very tall uh, I'm sure he will be there with a large group of friends. Uh, Tim Raines is there. He dropped the puck at the Canadians game tonight, um, which looked like a lot of fun. And Montreal, of course, won because they're very good. Uh, they're in the playoffs again. Um, it's almost like a thing that people just expect from their professional hockey team, not uh, especially in a league where more than half the teams uh, make. Uh, there was a really uh, – one last thing, and uh, this is like a bit of a please like by sport moment. The Detroit Red Wings didn't make the playoffs this year for the first time in like 20 years, and they showed – the longest active streaks among teams in base in all in the four major sports. So Detroit had been 20 years making the playoffs in a row, and I guess the San Antonio Spurs are probably at like 19 years in a row, and I'm sure the Patriots or somebody else in the, in the NFL is at some like very long streak. The active streak for consecutive playoff bursts in baseball is four, four years in a row, which is kind of cool um, because uh, you know you uh, just about every team. Uh, even the joke teams like Kansas City have had a chance to make the playoffs. <laughs> the Jays have made the playoffs two years in a row. Two years in a row, the Blue Jays have made the playoffs. So why don't you and I take a really quick break, and then we're going to come back, and we're going to do some bold predictions Woo. about the 2017 Blue Jays season. What's up, fam? You know, baseball season is around the corner, and SeatGeek is the smartest, easiest way to get tickets to every Blue Jays game. With SeatGeek's seamless mobile experience, you can buy and sell tickets in just two taps. SeatGeek helps you find the best seats at the best prices, fully guaranteed. There is nothing like seeing the best plays of the year in person. We've all been down to the games. It's uh, it's an incredible experience. With the Blue Jays, when they're great, uh, you want to be there. You want to be there in person. You want to be in the stands, and SeatGeek will get you closer to the action for a great value. You know, I have the app on my phone, and it's by far the easiest way I've found to shop for tickets. I could be anywhere, just a few taps, I got my tickets to the game. It's uh, it's a tremendous thing, and it's not just the Blue Jays game. You know, you could go to Leafs games, you can go to concerts, comedy events, theater tickets, all sorts of stuff is on, t- on SeatGeek. Every purchase is fully guaranteed, so you can shop SeatGeek tickets with confidence. Uh, and it'll just give you the most bang for your buck, plus... Listeners to Birds All Day, just like last year, you can get a $20 rebate off your first SeatGeek purchase. All you have to do is download the SeatGeek app, go to the Settings tab, and click Add a Promo Code. When you do that, you enter the promo code BIRDS, B-I-R-D-S, BIRDS. SeatGeek will send you $20 after you've made your first ticket purchase. For real, $20. Holy shit. Do that shit. Download the SeatGeek app and enter the promo code BIRDS today. All right. Okay, here we go. 2017 season's finally about to begin. Uh, the very long extended spring training has come and gone. Uh, the World Ball Baseball Classic has come and gone. The American team won. It was uh, it was great. Your friend and mine, Marcus Stroman, pitched uh, a little bit like an animal I in believe, the final. I believe the last time we were speaking on this podcast, that was happening, yeah. That's right. He was throwing a no-hitter when you and I last spoke. 
Uh, he did not throw a no-hitter, uh, but he did sp- p- uh, pitch very, very well. And the World Baseball Classic was a rousing success. Speaking of selling tickets, they sold lots of tickets. But it, it's kind of like the thing with Montreal. Um, it, when you only do it so often, you only have to have a little bit of a gimmick to try to sell the tickets. When you're trying to sell, you know, oh, well, we've got the Twins in town in August uh, for a mo- Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. That's when it gets a little tough to sell 70,000 tickets to two games. Uh, but anyway, we talk about the Blue Jays now. So let's we're going to do some bold predictions. Uh, I, uh, I have... A bold prediction here, and I want you to tell me if you think it is it is um, true or false. Okay. Number one, Kendrys Morales will be more than fine. He will make Blue Jays fans forget about Edwin Encarnacion. That, that is false. I mean, people won't forget about Edwin. I think Kendrys will have a better year than, than say, the very tall uh, mayor of Montreal would, uh, would suggest. I think Jonah's been quite down on the Kendrys thing. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm okay. I'm okay with it. I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not gonna set the bar so high that it, he can't cross it. And, and I think setting the bar as high as making people forget Edwin is probably a bit too high. But I, I think he'll be. I think he'll be really all right. I think he'll be good. I think it'll be real nice to have an actual uh, left-handed hitter who's good. I think that's mm-hmm. gonna be a weird treat for us that, that we're kind of not used to. Like, oh wow. They brought in they brought in this right-handed reliever, but now we got a lefty coming up. That's that's great, uh, you know, a lefty who isn't Justin Smoke or whatever garbage lefties the Jays have had over the last couple of years. So I think I, I'm optimistic about the year that he can have. But uh, no, he's not going to make people forget Edwin. Edwin's running around out there with a parrot on his shoulder. You know, come on. But yes, I will say this. I think that. There is a level of production that if Kendrys Morales reaches it, especially with a strong start, he won't be chasing Edwin Encarnacion's parrot-shouldered shadow all summer long or for the next three years. I think that if he gets off to a good start and he does all the things that he is capable of doing... Uh, this is like not some fly-by-night nobody. This is not even like a Steve Pierce who is like a nice hitter who is good when you put him in the on the shitty side of a platoon. Like, Andrews Morales is a, is a legit pro, and he has been for a long time, and he's put up some very nice numbers. Uh, and then there was a thing again on StatCast this past week, something that we've all talked about a bunch of times, some, suggesting that the Blue Jays have seen things in Kendrys Morales um, in terms of his uh, contact numbers and, and sort of StatCast-based things and um, talking about how he had the biggest discrepancy between his expected uh, OPS based on hit probability versus his actual um, uh, OPS versus hit prob- based on his probability uh, in 2016. There's a, I think there's a lot of uh, upsides, a lot to like. And again, you, as you mentioned, he's a left-handed batter. So I really believe that he, in fact, will make them make us not necessarily forget, but not long for Edwin Encarnacion. Uh, you know, while he did do the parrot thing, the parrot thing was unusual because Edwin Encarnacion basically had no personality otherwise. Right? He wasn't like a guy that, that was very exuberant and on the field. I mean, he would mm. smile and had some fun. I don't know. He seemed like he was but, having a fun time out there, yeah. Sure, sure. But uh, people also hated Edwin Encarnacion for a long time. They did. They all, it, it took Edwin hitting like 45 home runs a year <laughs> for people to come around and be like, oh, yeah, this guy's great. Look at him smile and laugh. This is hilarious. Um, that is that is sort of how people do, but but man, I tell you, like I, I retweeted something, I, t- I tweeted that uh, 
or did the post with the video of the the Buck Martinez supercut, the swing and a drive mm-hmm. supercut, and and like four or five people came back just like, oh, there's so much Edwin in there. I miss Edwin. I'm I'm obviously I'm I'm exaggerating. Like it was a tweet, so I don't know that that was exactly their tone, but that's what mm-hmm. it felt like. Their tone was like, I think people really have a my puppy died kind of feeling about Edwin more so than perhaps uh, a, a couple of soulless ghouls here who are who are just ready for team kendry's because i i'm i am i'm i you know god i love edwin don't get me wrong but you know such is the business of sports i mean i'm not gonna cry about a a player leaving and going to make 60 million dollars somewhere else that's just i don't know uh it sucks that he's gone uh, don't get me wrong but yeah i'm i'm I am hopeful. I don't want to let that linger. I'm hopeful that that this is a new chapter that's going to be really good as well. Uh, but there's definitely people out there who are still kind of hurting about how that uh, how that all went down. And right, hurting. rightfully so. Hurting. And rightfully so. so hurting. You used a yeah. good word. You. That's a very segue. Uh, a very I've been, nice I've been in Peterborough too long. Apparently, I'm starting to pick up the no. lingo again. But <laughs> my next point is. Uh, the hurt guys will stay hurt. The the players uh, around whom the awful specter of injury has has lingered this spring, um, that will extend in, into the season. Basically, what I'm asking is, injuries will do uh, true or false. Injuries are going to derail the 2017 Blue Jays season. Uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar with a little man named. Uh... Angus Mugford or whatever the hell it is and the Blue Jays new high performance department. I think yeah. that the that the, we are living in a post-injury world. <laughs> so it's probably going to be fine, right? I, I Absolutely. I think that's it. Injuries are a thing of the past. We figured this out. We're through the looking glass. Um yeah, it's all going to be all right. I have a feeling that Troy I, I maybe it's not a feeling. It's a, it's one of those like I don't know. But I, I hope, or and I feel, that Troy Tulowitzki will play a surprisingly large number of games this year, while I think while maybe Devin Travis will play a disappointingly low number of games this year. And you base that on? On nothing. Right. On nothing at all. I said Devin Travis only because I didn't want to say Josh Donaldson. <laughs> He's fine. Because if, if Tulo plays more games than Josh Donaldson, well... Thanks a lot for 2017. It's been a slice, but I don't think that's going to uh, going to um, uh, be be that same kind of issue. Um, I hope that you're right, and I hope that the Angus Mugfords or Mumfords of the world are able to limit the soft tissue injuries and keep guys on the field. Um, as I think we mentioned last week, that uh, great uh, Arden. As welling at Sportsnet did a great mm-hmm. uh, story, yeah. getting inside and talking with Steve Pierce about not lifting so heavy and, <laughs> and the different sort of um, uh, exercise techniques that they had put in place. Uh, again, me, b- between Pierce and Tulo and Travis and even Bautista and and then onward, you got some guys with finicky injuries. Uh, you know, uh, Marcus Estra- or Marco Estrada's back, and you know we forget that after. Everything that happened last year with Aaron Sanchez, he was a guy who was always sort of picking up little uh, tricky injuries and lats. Well, he's and already and he's got a blister. Where's a your blister. Where's I your mean, high performance department on that? You can literally piss on it, and it'll be good to go. <laughs> Here's my next, which also comes to my next question. Mm-hmm. 
a guy who does not have a a, a history of injuries, um, but I I feel again based on um, my own feelings uh, that Kevin Pillar, because of the way that he plays, has a much greater chance of missing time this year. And I think that's part of uh, my. It is, you hate those. You hate those TV dives. Is what it is. I hate the TV dives. <laughs> hate the TV dives. But I think it is part of my bigger point. My bigger bold prediction: whether or not you can, you can take, you can leave, take or leave. That is, center field becomes a problem in 2017. Wow! wow. I thought you were going to be on the Pilar train. Didn't you see? You know, well, shit. You want to be. You want to get better. Uh, the thing that he said. Well, if you talk- want to be good, I believe it was. Yeah. Which is nice, which but, is a nice acknowledgement that he's maybe not good. Uh, I don't know, Gideon's piece at, uh, at, at BP Toronto about Pilar and about plate discipline and, and the way that he's really changed his approach this year. He's not swinging nearly as much at, at pitches outside the zone. He is not, you know, based on the tracking that, that Gideon Turk did at, at BP Toronto, did a great job with that. Uh, you know, he's optimistic. I think, you know... No disrespect to him, I think he's in the fucking tank for Kevin Pillar a little bit, maybe more so than say I would be. But I, I would love to see Kevin Pillar over the course of one winter at age twenty eight completely transform himself into a good big league hitter as opposed to the not very good one that he has been his entire career. Um, I'm skeptical though, like you are. I, I don't know that Centerfield will become a, a problem though. Uh, how much of a like how much of a, a step backwards is Dalton Pompey? That's the question, right? Where if Pilar's hurt, then you are you lose his floor in terms of uh, of his floor and his ceiling, which are you know you can touch both at the same time, like uh, like a like B and John Malkovich, like know. it's like that little teeny little narrow floor. Like a five win year two years ago. He did have a five win year. He did. <laughs> um, I, I, this uh, this piece that Gideon wrote um, on Pilar's great. Gotta gotta hate the Dateline thing though, like, yeah, you you went to Florida, <laughs> awesome, <laughs> Dunedin, all caps. Like, come on, come on, just That's... write your story. Uh, I'm not I just sure worry. if you're familiar with how journalism works, Drew, but yeah, I got your journalism right here, pal. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm I, I'm worried because a if Pilar goes if Pilar goes down literally or figuratively, every things are gonna go to shit because now you've got you know, Big Zeke or and Upton playing at the same time. If Upton makes the team, yeah. Or or yeah, then now it's 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 Pompey and and pray for for progression. Even though I mean, has he been playing since he? I, I, I haven't. I haven't. I, I don't I think so. Be not, honest and say yeah. I don't know. So yeah, it's worrisome. It's worrisome if if uh, it's it's worrisome state of the state of affairs when. So much hinges on Kevin fucking Pilar being healthy. You know, a guy who's a very nice uh, defensive center fielder um, running around and, and grabbing everything that, that has hit his way. And if he if you lose him, that that to me is not a strong state of affairs. And that leads into my next one, which is left field remains a significant problem. Yeah. True or false? Yeah? Yeah, I think that's... I mean... Unless they're going outside of the organization, I think that's going to be a problem for a while because the guy that they seem to, at least publicly, seem to want to 
be the guy who comes in and helps that situation is Steve Pierce, and he really needs to be stealing at bats from the first baseman. And you really want to play Steve Pierce every day in left field? I really do not. I really do not at all, yeah. And I, I don't know why anyone would think that he could do that. And, you know, you were talking about Pierce earlier it's a, and about him being the platoon guy and the short side of a platoon guy. And also, you know, a lot of his numbers, while they've been very impressive, you know, he's a guy who's been getting the favorable matchups too, right? So maybe you do. Does everyone remember? I, I don't know how many people who are listening do remember as well. Remember when, when the Jays gave Matt stares? like an everyday everyday job mm-hmm. and it's sort of the novelty wore off uh, <laughs> in a way because he did come Stairs out to that was, stone cold uh, music though as i recall i mean because stairs was really good at doing stairs things but then it sort of he kind of got a little exposed maybe i don't know maybe was he playing was he playing in right field i have i think i have nightmares of him in right field i don't even point. know i just remember that he wasn't he was getting having to face left more left-handed pitching maybe and and it just didn't uh you know it just didn't go as well yeah but when as, you're uh, as it should have when you're from new brunswick and you're you're crushing beer cans on your head and whiffing at at at, uh, at whatever slop those guys are throwing at you—that's charming. When you're just in smoke, we despise it. I think it's also I should caution that in 2007, for example, uh, Matt Stairs was amazing. Yeah, he was really good. He won 37 rated runs created plus. I should shouldn't take his name in vain. That's but very I nice. That, yeah, I hope that uh, that the Pierce thing doesn't go that way, where he's a guy who's who's. Done, done a bit of an odd job and, and the kind of guy who plays a lot of positions because teams are looking to get him in against left-handed pitching um, but if ex- if repeated exposure to top right-handed pitching might not kind of offer some of those diminishing returns but, but yeah, yeah I no think, I think you're right yeah un- until the Jays pull the trigger and make the the Yasiel Puig trade <laughs> left field is going to be do uh, it it's going to be it's going to be an issue um Okay, next bold prediction that I don't necessarily believe, but I'm just going to wind you up and okay. let you go sure. while I go and get a plug for my computer. Okay. The projections, Pocotas or the Steamer or Zips or whatever, they are actually correct about the starting rotation of your 2017 Toronto Blue Jays. Okay. Well, that doesn't wind me up too much because I think I agree, but I agree in the sense that you know they're looking at the rotation on the whole, and this is what I wrote about this week, you know, the entirety of the rotation, depth included, uh, is a bit of a problem as much as we want to look at the front five and be like, the Jays are set, it's fine, and look at the health that they had last year and believe in the Mugfords and the and the uh, the high-performance departments and they're going to keep everybody on the field. And, you know, hopefully that happens, obviously. But, yeah, it's it, the depth is a bit scary, and the idea that the depth isn't going to get tested uh is i think a fallacy right i mean they're 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 gonna go <laughs> they're gonna require more starters than they did last year when they required no depth starters whatsoever uh like that was insane and i'm not you know wishing injury on anybody or, or hoping that anybody gets hurt or saying that anybody is in particular in line to get hurt but it's just their pitchers that's what happens so it's uh uh at some point we're gonna see a casey lawrence we're gonna see a mike bolsinger get a spot start uh, you know, we already have our Aaron Sanchez with a with a blister. We we've already talked about Marco Estrada's back all year, and he battled through that, which was amazing. But uh, but you know, there are there are ailments that can befall these guys, and 
as much as we really like the the front five and why as much as the projections i think are probably fair enough on a really sort of uh high variance guy like liriano and a guy like hap who the you know the the algorithms don't necessarily believe the way that we might that he's the guy that he became as soon as he went to pittsburgh and i think that's probably fair and sanchez the projections the projections are really nice on him and and uh, at least the one that i was talking about this week at fangraphs and stroman looks really good it's just a strata that's a little bit light because of the way that he induces bad contact and that you know the the babip is 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 way closer to league average in his projection which really skews the earned run average and and stuff like that you know i think we can we can say that's a little light but on the whole i think the projections like i said in this piece this week are telling us depth is a problem with this rotation compared to even other rotations even though depth is a problem with everybody uh, it's especially a problem here, and and I think that it's not unfair to say that they're maybe middle of the pack when you look at the totality of the of the rotation. Are you fucking back with your cable yet? Yeah, yeah, I'm back. I'm oh, here. Good. I'm here. Okay, I've just been I, rambling. I, I I barely missed a beat. Okay. Uh, do, what do you think about the getting back to Liriano? So Liriano is a guy a high variance, which is the word that you use and the word yeah, that, that Travis Sachik. Yeah, used I ripped, in, I ripped in that off from the, yeah. <laughs> you did. You stole it like just a whole hog. Um, I don't. I'm not going half hog. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Do you think there's uh, if there's anything to the idea? So I feel like there's there's two kind of ideas that are out there about Francisco Liriano. One of them is that he's been saved by the Blue Jays and by Russell Martin. Working with Martin has uh, has has rejuvenated his career, and the Blue Jays maybe helped rebuild his his um, his uh, whatever wind up. The other school of thought is Liriano gets away with seeing batter for the first time that people have like forgotten who he is or haven't seen him before so they don't know not to swing at the slider because it's never never ever ever going to be in the in the strike zone um and same with the change up or whatever um so you know do you well that's what the pirates are those the only two choices with liriano is it is it one or the other or can it be in the middle i think it can be in the middle but i mean i think the like the the stuff about the league sort of catching up to him is coming from the Pirates, right? I think that was somebody from Fangraphs. I don't know if it was Longenhagen or somebody. Uh, and that was in the Sochik piece today that he requoted that uh, from when the time that the time that the trade had happened was basically the Pirates said, you know, we, we thought we could get away with him for a little bit longer, but the league really stopped swinging at the slider. And, and it really, you know, uh, when you're working with such a fine margin for error as big league pitchers do, uh, mm-hmm. that was enough to make him have a really – horrible start to last season and so they figured that they needed to move on from him and it wasn't something that was going to was going to correct itself through you know other teams getting even more exposure to him so maybe that's why he's looked so i mean he, the, he he's looked great in spring training against teams that presumably have seen more of him lately you know you know that's also guys in spring training and it's also guys who haven't been in the big leagues so maybe that's a bit of a mirage but i think he's looked really sharp this spring i think he's looked really good i'm, I'm you know we've talked about this we're i think i'm real optimistic about what he can do uh i think the russell martin reunion thing is cute <laughs> i don't I, I don't know i mean mm-hmm. i don't want to completely dismiss it but i don't know how much we can really say that that's that's a thing like there's there are good smart people in Pittsburgh who've done great jobs, you know, bringing him around the first time. And I don't think it was just magically throwing the Russell Martin in the first place that, that really helped him. And I think that the, mm-hmm. the, the pirates, I, there's lots of people that could have fixed what was wrong with him if they, if they could have, you know what I mean? So, uh, 
But hey, if, if, if it's, you know, whatever the mental aspect of it, if that makes him feel good, if he feels confident, if he, if he thinks, if, if that, you know, whatever edge he can get from that aspect of it, uh, go for it. That's great. You know, I think that could, uh, that could add something to, uh, to what he's able to do this season. But for the most part, uh, yeah, I think it's probably the other thing. I think it's probably that, that teams had, not, had gotten a little too used to him. I think that the Pirates... Uh, would not have said that otherwise. I think that it could be both, obviously. I mean, I, I think that if Martin has his, the confidence and he has the confidence throwing to Martin, um, that, he, that Russell Martin will, can call for more sliders. And, and I think we've seen that, that even though we talk, there's so much control, and that's the big topic of discussion, is how do, the, how do front offices and coaching staffs get players to buy in and, and how much planning and how much you know micromanagement is there? Um, you still see where uh, some pitchers will have very different um, uh, throw a different uh, arsenal of pitches or throw pitches with different frequencies depending on who's behind the plate uh, calling, calling the calling the pitchers and, and putting the fingers down as they say. So if Martin is way more eager to say throw the slider and maybe if he's more willing to get him to throw it for strikes, try to you know get get over with it rather than bury it. I don't know. Um, I, I'm I'm all all but all in on Francisco Liriano uh, this year. Did you know that he is like among the top sixteen? He is sixteenth all time in starting pitcher uh, strikeout rate, like Caper nine uh, ever. I assure you, I did not know that. That's ridiculous. That's pretty good. Yeah, He's ahead of uh, Brandon Morrow. Madison Bumgarner. He's well, not as good as one of those guys. And he he's, he's still nasty. very much he's employed got... as opposed to the other guys. <laughs> he's got, uh, the stuff is great, right? I mean, the stuff. It's insane. Yeah. As, as pure stuff is, is incredible. And, if, you know, you're right. Still if Martin, really hard. And, if Martin yeah. can help him harness that to the point where it's not, you know, easy for guys to lay off, then he's going to have a really good year. If it's Martin and if it's Pete Walker and if it's the – Angus Mumfords and whomever else, if they can get his head in the right place, if they can get his his windup in the right place, if all the pieces can fit, maybe the Blue Jays are the new pitching whisperers, not the Blue Jays taking the Pirates kind of runoff and uh, running it back through Russell Martin again. Uh, but yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited about about Nelson Lariano, and I think that I think that uh, I think um, you mean Francisco. Fran- it's Nelson Lariano. <laughs> God damn. That's uh, going back a ways, yeah. I am excited about I I will believe in Marco Estrada right up until the moment that I am forced to abandon all belief. Mm. Uh, Marco Estrada was a delight to watch as everyone who listens to this podcast knows that I feel that Marco Estrada is delightful and watching him throw that change up and aggravate people and and induce weak infield pop-ups all day long. But as soon as it, I feel like nope, this is over, then I will turn on Marco Estrada, <laughs> and I will want never to see him again because it will end in it'll almost look like the what what's going on with like Anibal Sanchez in Detroit, where Ugh. he went from being like really a nice pitcher and like a really 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 good number three or a number two on a team with like four number twos to being like totally unreliable and not a guy they could ever count on um, again. Um, so we'll move on. Uh, first base. Mm-hmm. First base is an ongoing problem all season long. This is a, you're asking true or false? 
I'm asking, yeah, that's my bold prediction. For, actually, no, my bold prediction is first base is not a problem throughout the season. Because? Because Kendrick Morales is going to lock down the DH position, and they are going to do at first base what most teams do with DH, and that's to sort of cycle guys through. And they'll play matchups, and they will see who's seeing the ball or doing whatever. Um, and I think that between Pierce and Smoke and even Jose Bautista, they might be able to figure first base out pretty decently because Morales has got DH locked down and he can do hit from both sides of the plate. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't even need to bring his glove north with him. I don't but, think that Morales at first base is ever something that anyone should bother with. I I agree with that. I mean, the Bautista thing at first base, I'm all for. would be wonderful. If, there's someone to play if they right had field. another outfielder, yeah. I mean, yeah. the outfield situation is so shitty that... That I mean, that's an obvious move. It's like get enough outfielders to force Bautista to first base, and then you're laughing. Uh, but they don't have enough outfielders to force fucking Steve Pierce to first base. So, <laughs> Puig, Puig, your friend, Puig, please, your outfield, please, Puig, your first plate, first base. Um, so you agree then? You agree that I'm that first, that first base is fine. I I do I do I mean I I think you make a good point that you that you said earlier about Pierce and matchups and. How he could get exposed if he's really an everyday guy against some of the better right-handed pitchers out there. Uh, but the bar is just so low. And, and I'm sure they will use Smoke sometimes. And I, I'm not even as easy as it is to hate on Smoke. I'm not writing him off Get on the Smoke motive. Get on the Smoke motive. I'm not quite there yet. But... I don't know. There's something they they obviously like something about him. They like having his glove out there. They like having the big target for Josh Donaldson's throws. Though those of, you know, working with Tulo, getting up at seven in the morning to go take grounders is probably helping him, uh, or so Tulo would tell you, <laughs> because Tulo is, is will be quick to tell you all of the wonderful things Tulo has done to help people. <laughs> Which I say that like a jerk, like I think it's a. Are bad you trying thing. to say that uh, <laughs> that, that Troy is self-aggrandizing, self-mythologizing? Never. What he can do, whatever the hell he wants, because he's too always fucking awesome. So I don't care if he self-mythologizes. Um, but yeah, I, I I think it will not be too bad. I mean, I think you know the fucking Red Sox signed Mitch Moreland. Like there there's a, there's some different ways of thinking going on about first base these days and People i don't know if we yet see Eric it Cosmer is an mvp <laughs> triple crown candidate he's trash what yeah. kind world do we live in the, the here's the thing about eric Hosmer that i'll say here on on birds all day on the blue jays podcast that one day one year eric Hosmer, who's still, still quite young he's going to figure it all out and he's going to have this insane, bonkers, monster season that everybody sees in him. That he's never come close to having, ever. He's going to do it once, and then I'm never going to hear the end of it. Because <laughs> he okay hits the that. ball hard, and he plays a nice first base, and he, but he just, I don't know. But he's going to do it once. He's going to go crazy. And someone's going to get a deal there. Anyway. I'm happy for the tangent, but it wasn't really Fuck what I was thinking Cosmer. about. But but yeah, I mean, I was thinking about but no, Chris you, Carter and Pedro Alvarez. That... But but uh, but yeah, Sarah Cosmer is trash, and he, all the Royals are trash except Ken. <laughs> he was he was good. Nobody that. has first base figured out. No, it's it's it, it's a weird it, it, it's a weird position right now, right? I mean, people don't. Who's people the first? Okay, here I'll ask you a, a series of questions. Who's uh-huh. the best team in the American League? 
the Boston Red Sox. Who's their first baseman? Yeah, it's going to be what Hanley and Hanley and Mitch Moreland. Yeah, who's who's the the next best team in the American League? That's what's their faces. Fucking Houston. Who's their first baseman? Who is their first baseman? Springer is he DHing? Springer is their center fielder. Oh yeah, that's right. Jesus, uh, he's uh, very good. I've yeah, come all the way was, around. Who was I confusing it's, him with then? They've got Yulieski Guriel. Oh, that's right. He's going to play first base. They've got Evan Gaddis who can play some first base. They've got you know the. Fangraph's depth chart has Marwin Gonzalez getting the second most at-bats. A.J. Reed, who was their big guy from a couple of years ago. Tyler White, who was their, some flash in the pan. They, they used to have that, remember, John Singleton. They floated on that deal, and he like barely played in the big leagues. John Singleton is who I was thinking of. Jesus Christ. Which is which is years ago now already. Years ago. I, yeah. I, I think he's off the 40, man. He's got yeah, like I believe the, he I'm is. getting paid big league dollars to do nothing. You know Who's the Angels' first baseman? C.J. Cron. Who's the Mariners' first baseman? Who is ever the Mariners' first baseman? Is it Justin Smoke still? Richie Sexton. Yeah. <laughs> Who is the Mariners' face, first baseman? Dan Vogel. Oh yeah, Danny Valencia is at the top of the of the Mariners' first base depth chart. Danny Valencia. There are no good first basemen. Well, there's and there are no good. There's a couple there in the no National good, League, but yeah. Hmm? There's a couple in the National League who are all right. Yes, there are several. <laughs> Even the Dodgers. Adrian Gonzalez sucks. Anyway, yeah. the, the point is, and I think that uh, you, you look at um, uh, what, you know, some of the, the positional power ranking stuff that say Fangraphs went through, and they, and they made that same point, that teams like the Jays, um, uh, they are happy to punt first base. Because when you have a shortstop who can hit 20 home runs, and you have a second baseman who can be like a, you know, a 120 weight runs created plus kind of guy. Um, you can get away with it to an extent. It'd be nice if you had a left fielder, but nobody has a left fielder either. Everybody's got shortstops and center fielders now. Jays have one of those. They got a good catcher. They're fine. The Jays are fine. Um, the last bull prediction: the Jays mm. will be playing again in a, in playoff. They will be playing playoff baseball again in October. That's my bull prediction. Yeah, I think they Do, will. I think they will. I think that. Now that we've eked past the uh, just just meaningful baseball in September as our uh, barrier for a good or bad season, I think that we can look forward to another entertaining and exciting season. Of course, you know we get so worked up about who's going to be on the team and what's the situation going to be. God only knows. I mean, that's why I didn't even put the bullpen on this little rundown list here, <laughs> right? Because as we've seen, as we we saw last year, and as we continue to see. You know, bullpens can, in their own way, like take care of themselves. You can sometimes have uh, Jason Grilly fall out of the sky for you, or uh, you know, uh, Benoit. How he can fall out of the sky and seem to solve all your problems, and then he can get hurt in a goddamn fucking brawl and then miss the playoffs. Or you can have Brett Cecil with his knees of glass that he, if he steps off of the rubber, he's injured instantly and then in, unable to play. And now he's off making zillions of dollars. Bullpens are bullpens, and the bullpen, uh, the both this front office and the one prior to it seem to have a, a decent ability to cobble them together on the go. And in some ways, the kind of fringes of the roster are going to be the same way. The way that that teams use their their roster this year or now is a little bit different than it used to be. And uh, I think that we're getting ready, we're strapping in for the journey, and it's going to be nothing if not interesting over the next six or seven months is it not i think you know it's gonna be great 
So we only got Josh Donaldson for two more years, so we better it better be great, and we better savor it while we can, because once that guy goes, all bets are off. Vlad Jr., though. He's going to Just be pushing something. him right out the door. That's why they got him <laughs> at third base. Just seamless. One MVP to the next. Don't even sweat it. Don't say that. What a bummerish thing to end up. I was trying to like, bring it up. Like, yeah, baseball. And you're like, well... They hope they don't trade Donaldson when his value is high. <laughs> no, they won't do that. I'm sure they won't do that. It's a nice little scare piece. I think I wrote something like that over the winter. But, I, you know, there's no appetite for doing anything. It would, it would be nice to see them figure out a way to keep him here longer. Uh, but whatever that, you know, however that all works out, it looks like they have him for two years. At least they'll have him for this year. And as long as he's here, they're going to be right in the thick of everything. Imagine they did. They would have a mutiny. It would be. It would be. Tulowitzki would march on on City Hall and demand to be, if not traded, then just shot. Just shoot me dead in the middle of at the, on the pitcher's mound because I can't do this anymore. He's had enough time playing on irrelevant teams that he can't go through that again. Um, so that's it. I think I'm so excited for the season to begin. Uh, I'm on so the road. excited for spring training to fucking end. Spring train to be over, so then we can start to complain about April baseball and how it doesn't mean anything. <laughs> I haven't looked at the the standings in years. I'm just getting like all of our pat lines out of the way. Well, it's April. You can't. Well, the weather is bad. Well, they're facing dog shit pitchers. Well, the hitters are ahead of the pitchers at this time of year. Anything else? What are what are other good go tos? No, it's early. You know, it's early. That's, it. That's the one. It's early. That's the until... one people love on on Twitter. Yeah. Well, I think that uh, there were, I don't know what I what I was reading today, and they was talking about how about parity in baseball. Now I mentioned how the four years in a row is the longest active playoff streak. But I think it might be the Dodgers, but uh, the the like the, the 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 spread of teams something like half, more than half the teams are, are between like seventy nine and and eighty nine wins or something stupid like that, or seventy five and eighty five. Like fifteen teams all fall into that into that little window mm-hmm. or that little kind of bracket, uh, which means it is early. It's early for a really long time because it's so, you know, it's so clogged. It's so congested in there that sometimes you can get crazy hot or get stupidly lucky like the idiot Rangers and just win a bunch of one-run games and the next <laughs> thing you know, you win the division. And now you're uh, dead meat just waiting to get crushed by the oh, Astros. Loved that uh, Troy Gloss tweet. I assume you saw that. Yes. <laughs> I did. No amount of walks in the 2010s or the teens or whatever. <laughs> Only Rugi one Odor option year on that. Only one option year on that uh, uh, Rugnetto Odor uh, contract extension, uh, which is interesting because one is the number of series he single-handedly uh, threw away with a costly error in the uh, deciding game. <laughs> Uh, it is one fewer than uh, times that his his team um, has been unceremoniously dumped out of the playoffs by the Toronto Blue Jays, while also single handedly keeping his team in at the. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, we in the conversation about that part, yeah. Uh, yeah, what a scumbag! Yeah, I'm sure he's a fine <laughs> young man. I'm sure he's a fine young man. Threw at Jose's uh, face. Come on, fuck him. Threw didn't... right at his face. This is the like the we can't let this be our thing. Like that's their thing. The, the sad ass Rangers I know. cling to that. 
stupid night. The last time Jesus. I wrote about it, I didn't even mention him throwing at his face. And then I realized, well, yeah, but I still am writing about it <laughs> a year later. And, it, and the bat flip, you know, two years later. It, it, yeah. Still, though, right at his face. I thought about the bat flip a lot today. I have a, a guy I, I play basketball with, um, and he's, his beard has become very bushy, like, um, like Jose Bautista. And then another guy that I play basketball with started calling... The, the, the guy with the bushy beard he was calling him Jamaican Bautista the entire time on Tuesday night <laughs> which I which got me thinking about the bat flip and then also thinking about how awesome it would be if Jose Bautista was actually Jamaican um, if he was like the only um, active Jamaican ball player and he had a big bushy beard and all the same things going on that would be great that would be wonderful uh, but he's it, wonderful as he is he so, is wonderful you know. as he is and he's a Blue Jay for at least another year still has a face which is nice. He could have had it tore clean off when Ruggio Dor threw right at it. Ah, <laughs> uh, what are you doing on opening day? You got any big plans? Everybody, get out, cut work. Do I'm not going to do that. I can't yeah. cut work. I got shit to do. It is but, work, uh, so I, I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna try to keep it together enough to like maybe write something afterwards. I don't know. And then we have another week until the home opener is the following uh, Tuesday. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, the Jays I take it is. on the Milwaukee Brewers and or is Eric it the, Thames. Is it the Monday or the Tuesday? I don't, I don't know. Whenever it is, Eric Thames, back at it, and the Blue Jays as well. All right, enjoy the season. It's all here. I'm so excited. Uh, enjoy the games in Montreal this weekend. Uh, we'll be back next year to tell you how whatever happened in the first opening series against Baltimore doesn't matter. Everything's fine. For Mr. Andrew Stoughton, my name is Drew Ferris. We'll talk to you next week on Birds All Day.